Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. On the Autosport podcast today, what we learn from the second test. Welcome to the show. Today, your host, Alex Kalanorkis, the Grand Prix editor of Autosport, is joined by Jonathan Noble and Stuart Codling, and they discuss what we learned from the second preseason test of the Formula One 2020 season. Here's Alex. Well, hello and welcome to Barcelona. Formula One's 2020 preseason is over. I'm Alex Kalanorkis. With me is Jonathan Noble, Motorsport.com's F1 editor, and here also Stuart Codling executive editor at GP Racing Magazine. Now, the final day in the paddock, six days of testing, it's all over. Valtteri Bottas of Mercedes ended with the fastest time of the day, a one minute 16.196, which he set on the C5 tyres. Now that's actually half a second slower, roughly half a second slower than what he did in the first test. So not quite as quick from Mercedes. They have been quicker overall, but in the previous test. Uh, second was Max Verstappen from Red Bull. He was a little bit behind Bottas on the C4 tyres, so slightly harder rubber. And then Daniel Ricciardo, who topped the morning running, ended up third on the day. So. What do we make of that? Mercedes quick, but not as quick as it went in test one, John. Well, Mercedes not as quick in test one, and a few more doubts about them, actually. Um, you know, no doubts. I think they're the quickest car. Um, you know, they seem very comfortable. Lewis said today, I've got a car and I, I can attack, I feel confident with, so that's good. But the question mark is the power unit. Yes. Uh, you know, we found out after the test last week, they changed the power unit last week. Lewis Hamilton had a problem yesterday, some oil, um, oil warning light flickered on and the engine shut down. That was flown back to Bricksworth. They refitted an engine today. So there's three engine changes this week. And there's some doubts and concerns, especially Williams having problems as well. So while pace-wise, they're good, you know, they admit there are some question marks on the reliability front. 
It's kind of it's kind of tricky to actually say anything about pace at all. I've almost not paid much attention to what lap times people are doing because you were busy in the paddock doing your job as a journalist. I was busy doing my job as a journalist. But I'm also, very glad I, to I hear feel, it. I feel like the times are a bit phony, really. Like no one's really really shown what they can actually do. They are. I think we're going to get onto that when we talk, particularly about Red Bull later on, because they really, I think, haven't shown their hand yet. Whereas Ferrari, while also probably keeping something on the table, they did do a race run today, which revealed a few things. But uh, John, as you said, we were both at Lewis Hamilton's media session earlier, and he said there's plenty of problems the team have got to solve. Doesn't I mean it doesn't look like a bad car or anything. It's just the reliability gremlins obviously playing playing a little trick on his mind there, or got him thinking about things that could go wrong. Yeah, I think it, thing is fine. I mean, the engine is a big question mark, and it's something they they can't answer yet. You know, Bricksworth is now working probably through the night, uh, a lot of probably through the weekend to try to get to the bottom of what's gone wrong with these power units. Uh, I understand it was two separate problems, so it's not one issue that's recurring all the time. Um, but also at this stage, you don't want to come out to the media and say, oh, everything's you know, hunky-dory and perfect. We're going to get pole position in Melbourne and win the race because all that does is uh, you fall over flat on your face come Sunday night in Melbourne. Lewis also likes to use these press conferences as a means of sending out coded statements to the team and saying, you know, don't, don't let up, don't slack. We've got to keep pushing. So we could also maybe read it as that. He's saying to the factory, just keep it up. Indeed, and he also, he also spoke about uh, breaking the engineers with this, all the work they've done on the track over recent years, and that's how they come up with wonderful innovations like the DAS uh, system that we saw last week. But it was interesting to hear, Lewis, because I think we're going to come on to a little bit later talking about Red Bull and potentially not seeing everything that that team has got. And Ferrari, we know there's been question marks all throughout testing about how, how high their power unit's been running, how much we've really seen from them. But he was sort of saying... A lot of teams are playing themselves down so they can over, you know, over deliver later on. So it's just clear, Valtteri Bottas talked about teams playing games and things going on. So it's been a very cagey preseason. I think so. I think what's made it probably more cagey is that we've got the same tyres as last year. So we haven't got these massive variables. Everyone knows roughly what the different compounds can do. The programmes have been slightly adjusted because there's, there's more understandings. You're not flicking things around so much. Plus, there's not been much evolution of cars. So you're not trying to understand a new aero concept. So the more things are stable from a team's perspective, the more variables they throw into the mix to better understand them. Now, what do we make of Red Bull? As I said, Max Verstappen, second place on the day, but it didn't really look like they did any particularly conclusive long running, certainly certainly from not from we could see in the media centre. And that goes for, for all throughout testing. Uh, we were, Again, John, you and I went to see Christian Horner and Max Verstappen, and they said uh, in a press conference at lunchtime, you can't read anything into testing, as they, as they often do, but they seem they seem pretty relaxed. There certainly doesn't seem to be any urgent concerns, judging just from their body language and their statements. Yeah, it's a team that's doing quite well in testing often says you can't read anything into testing. It's kind of one of those, one of those you've got to try and work out what they're trying to deny they're saying. Uh, so in the fact they say don't read anything into it means what we can read into it is that they look in quite good shape. I mean, the only question mark we have about Red Bull is the car seems quite nervous. Is there a, a balance issue? Is the, the transition through the corner destabilising the car? Um, Max says that's not the case. He's fine of the limits. But I think we'll see in Australia, you know, a different track, a bumpy track, track where you've got to attack the kerbs, if that really is the case or not. It was interesting that they tried to play, sort of pour a little bit of cold water on the whole twitchiness thing, didn't they? Max tried to laugh it off by saying, well, I knew I was coming to this press conference and I knew I needed something, I'd have something to talk about. So I just thought I'd just spin it. But that doesn't really strike me as very plausible. The car does look a little bit nervous out on track, but... Who knows what program they're running? Maybe they're on light tanks when that happens. Difficult to tell. 
Indeed, and there was another spin for Albon this morning. He went off at the turn 12, long right-hander going up the hill there, but he went off into the gravel, was able to drive away, and there were no red flags on this final day, so no unnecessary disruptions. Now, John, you went and spoke to Mattia Bonotto at his press conference. How's Ferrari feeling? Still still pessimistic about Australia? Well, there's two fascinating aspects of today. First of all, you know, literally five minutes ago um, before testing, well, five minutes before the testing ended, FI put a statement out, a very cryptic statement, saying that following analysis of Ferrari's engine last year, they've reached a, a settlement with Ferrari, the terms of which will remain secret. Uh, no mention that they found the engine to be legal. No mention it was illegal. But it seems there is some, you know, grey area. They found something in the rules, especially that Ferrari's promised to work with the FI to find ways to better police and monitor teams in the future. It was more interesting about what it didn't say than what it did say. And when we tried to find various spokespeople from the FIA for comment, they'd, they'd knocked off for the evening. So that's, everyone says that six o'clock on a Friday is a great time to bury bad news. And that's pretty much what they did or, or bury no news. Well, I think burying big news, and I think all this is gonna do is, you know, is delay the, the massive explosion that's likely to come from other teams about what was really going on last season. Um, you know, the next time we see Toto Wolff, Christian Horner, um, Cyril Abitable, you know, this is going to be a hot topic in Australia. What were Ferrari doing last year? I think it's fair to say that this whole statement's gone round this paddock like vomit in a lifeboat because the various team principals are furious. Or the, one, the ones we've actually seen, most of them have disappeared. So I think it's, it's, it's going to come back to bite us in the next few days. We'll probably find out a little bit more. Someone's going to dredge up someone to comment. Indeed, as you can probably tell, I mean, the, the packing up is in full swing. It's, it's been quite an overcast and dark day, so I hope the, the camera can pick out what's going on out there. But certainly, probably no coincidence at the timing of that statement coming out, given how controversial it is. No, exactly. So Mattia, earlier on, you know, before we were aware of any of this was going on, spoke about the, the car's performance. Um, yes, they've made the step forward in corners, but they are suffering on the straights. And Mattia said it's a combination of the engine. They say they're not as, not as strong as last year. Um, is that related to the, you know, having two fuel sensors now, so closer monitoring what they're up to? Only they'll know. Uh, but also the car is draggy, um, and that's something that they're going to have to focus on in the early stage of the season to try and cut down that drag. How has McLaren's testing been, and how is he on the last day? 163 laps today, which is a pretty impressive amount of running. I suppose what's interesting about this whole midfield is that all of them trying to play down their relative performance. Um, just a few notes I took during the uh, course of the press conference. He said they've added good downforce. I think good is... is is interesting there because that's a car that traditionally McLaren have suffered with with drag and not necessarily getting much downforce for it. They said they're happier than they were 12 months ago. They're actually seeing real improvements in sectors one and two, but they're not 100% satisfied with the improvements they've seen in sector three. So they've obviously been quite ambitious with the targets they've set out for that car and, and they're sort of narrowing in on them. Uh, and the other thing that was very interesting for me is that he said that McLaren aren't very happy with the way the car worked on the C4 tyre, and yet he set his fastest time of the day on that C4 tyre. So that's also something to throw into the mix, maybe a sign that they're not showing their hand either. Absolutely. But building on that, what Lando Norris said at his press conference when he finished his running yesterday, he wasn't in the car today on the final day, he said that the new McLaren feels less on the edge. So happy overall with consistency at McLaren. Yeah, and they're, they're also looking at their opposition and, and Carlos was saying that he rates AlphaTauri and Racing Point as maybe the most dangerous people to beat this season and he pointed at a 17-3 that the Racing Point did on Wednesday straight out of the box and he said that they haven't really improved much since then which suggests that maybe they're if not sandbagging not been trying particularly hard certainly today we saw I think Perez was, was driving today and there were a couple of times he went purple in the first couple of sectors and then shipped half a second in the last one which 
which doesn't come from having a moment. It comes from lifting off, doesn't Possibly it? Possibly a big lift there indeed. Now, obviously, that racing point has been a big topic for out testing because lots of uh, comments on whether it's a, a pink Mercedes, things like that, certainly very, very similar to W10. Now, John, you were down with uh, technical director Andy Green. What was his response to the whole Farago? Well, I mean, first of all, he's, he says that what we've done is totally legal. Uh, I think other teams were naive not to, you know, exploit these opportunities. So, you know, they're standing by it. But there's a quiet, well, not even a quiet confidence from him, a lot of confidence from him about what this car is. Um, you know, some people, there were some suggestions last week that Racing Point could be a match for Ferrari uh, in pace terms. Mattia Bonotta even went as far yesterday as saying they, you know, Racing Point could be a threat at the start of the season. So I said to Andy, you know, this Matthias says, is this, is this really you thinking this yourselves? And he smiled, just said, let's see. You know, he says, we've got a good package. So they're confident, um, but you know, let's just see how far up that top they can push. Well, Alex and the team are back soon. At the moment, they'll be checking into their flights and heading to Australia for the season opener as planned. But keep checking autosports.com for the latest news if anything changes. And if you love motorsport, have you thought about treating yourself to Autosport Plus? That's where our world-class writers and technical experts dig deep into the stories that you want to know more about. You can save yourself 33% over the usual monthly price by signing up for the annual package. That's a whole year's worth of premium articles, unlimited content, and never any ads. Go to autosport.com slash plus to get signed up now. Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.